This is Kate Brenton with Rebirth, a podcast about women changing lives by living their own. Hello, everyone. Kate Brenton here with Rebirth, and today we have a really special guest. Um, Her name is Christy Gardner, and she is coming to us from Virginia today. But in talking with her, you're going to travel the world in her story and in her... um, in her medicine and what she has to offer. She's a psychotherapist and a woman's self-empowerment coach. And I'm so glad she made time to share herself with us. Hi, Christy. Hi. Thank you How for are having you? me. I am doing oh, well. I'm so glad. And I think, I mean, I'm glad you're here, but personally, um, I'm tickled that whenever there's a Kauai connection and that's brought into the world. Mm. Um, and that's one of the places that we actually met. That's right. Spreading aloha. The Aloha Project, yes. That's exactly it. I think (laughs) it's really fascinating. And whoever's listening, when you have um, a shared moment and then that comes outside into a different lane of your life, it's, I find it hopeful. I think it's like a peek into how interwoven our lives and our connections are if you allow that space to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways I see you. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, which is kind of a very open-ended Um, question, but you're in Virginia now and you were in Kauai and you're a psychotherapist and how did that come to be? So like, maybe that's a, give us a little reader's digest of like how you landed that and we can branch off as we go, if you want, just so people have a little idea of who we're speaking with. Sure, sure. So yeah, right now I'm in Virginia and I have been a psychotherapist for 10 years and working with uh, women's empowerment probably for 20 years since I was um, first starting out in college. And I, let's see, I've been traveling around the world for the last three years, working as a psychotherapist and living in different countries and found my way to Virginia, which is my first time being on the East Coast ever. So Mm -hmm. it's been really fun to be over here and be experiencing this side of, of the continent. Totally different vibe. Totally different vibe. (laughs) It has its own culture. I call it the East coast culture. And once you're subjected to it, you understand. And um, it's very powerful uh, mindset here. Things happen very fast. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just traveled back to Kauai and I was just explaining to people that once you get here, there's a whole new world that opens up that you can't feel until you're inside of it. And I guess that's Mm -hmm. kind of the same for every place we go. Well said. I think that's really true. If you're willing to drop in, right? If you're willing to make yourself available. Yeah. So how did you, I mean, you've been in women's empowerment for a long time and that's something that's a phrase that people are kind of rolling off of our tongue today, but that wasn't a common phrase. So mm-hmm. how, give us a little bit of situation on, on why that, how did you know you're going to be a sure. psychotherapist? And, and that's also a phrase a lot of people maybe haven't heard of until the past five years. Mm. Yeah. Women's empowerment, you know, I like to say through this whole Me Too movement that's been happening, it found me a long time before I knew what it was when I was a kid, really. And um, I think I spent a lot of time, I lived in a lot of different places growing up. My dad was a salesman and we moved lots of different cities and states when I was young. 
And so I lived in a lot of different places. And even my mom said when I was about five years old, I used to ask a lot of questions about how some people lived this way and other people lived this way and how I thought it wasn't fair. Um, mm-hmm. So I always like coming back to that. I feel like I've been noticing the differences between the way that we show up in the world and and what we are born into um, for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And um, I started working in domestic violence and rape crisis when I was about, when I was in college, I started volunteering. And then I stayed in that field um, until I got my graduate degree in psychology. So working with high-risk youth, working with women who've been sexually assaulted, abused, children who've been abused. I spent about five years on Kauai helping families and children recover from sexual abuse. And I spent a lot of time working at the domestic violence shelter in Texas, in Colorado, in California, and in Kauai, Hawaii. So it's been a trip Why? around the U.S. Um, I think because of all the experiences I had growing up that no one talked to me about. No one was there to explain to me what was happening when I felt uncomfortable. Um, I think feeling like even when I was... I'm trying to think like in eighth grade, I remember getting in trouble for something that had happened at school and I got in trouble and the teachers went and talked to my mom, but the boys that did the same thing that I did got high fives from the teachers. (laughs) Oh yeah, good job. And I was always so confused about why some people were treated one way. And at that time, a lot of the boys at my school, and then I was treated a different way. So I wanted to help people feel not so alone in that. And I wanted to learn myself I think about how to deal with that in a healthy way that's really powerful and I I feel and it might be incorrect you know like just because you have a microphone doesn't mean you actually know what you're talking about but I feel like when people think of Kauai they don't think of domestic violence like what and I think that's a really powerful message there's beautiful places that um almost like anything else in life maybe tell me if this is true because I didn't work Mm -hmm. in that field but I did Mm -hmm. live on Kauai and People in a tourist place, it's like there's so much beauty that the the balancing, the polarity, the, the other spectrum of life gets even more deeply hidden because it's not good for mm-hmm. publicity. Mm-hmm. And there's a deep cost uh, for that for the people that live there. Yeah. What you would, the underbelly. You yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, there's a piece of working in the underbelly that I've always done. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like digging through the dark to find the light. And not everybody does that. So when you go to Kauai, you experience the light and the beautifulness and all of the wonderful things. And a lot of people that live there even, you know, stay in that experience. But there is a huge, because as light as we are is as dark as we are. So as beautiful as it is, is as dark as it is. And so it was definitely um, a different experience to have than a lot of my friends were having. And how did you have the stamina to stay in that? And that's definitely, now that I hear that, that's not a neutral question. But um, whenever there's a deep caring for other people, no matter what it is, like if you talk to a teacher, or we were talking, uh, there's somebody else that we interviewed, um, Carly, and she worked with people who were displaced out of their homes. And we talked about when you're dealing with someone's um, vulnerability and um, pain, when you're dealing with the pain of humanity, that's a space to, you have to kind of maintain yourself in your own cup to be able to hold that space. So how did you mm-hmm. keep that? You sure. know? Yeah. So I think 
when you asked me that question, I think back to how I got to Kauai and I had been living in Santa Cruz, California, and I was working as a wedding planner and coordinator at a Buddhist retreat center. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And I had gone with a boyfriend to visit Kauai, but I, it was never on my radar. I didn't even know what it was. I just said, Hey, look, I'm in, I'm super busy, but if you want to go on a vacation, you plan it. I'll get on the plane. Um, we had visited Kauai. Um, I had come back to the retreat center and there was a lady who they had put working next to me who had, who was from Kauai and had lived on Kauai for 30 years, um, who was working with me. And we started just over time forming a relationship and working at this Buddhist retreat center. Um, my boss was the, was the head llama. And so anytime that there's a problem and I've been in wedding and catering and bartending kind of service industry for about 10 years working. And so usually when you work in a business like that, if there's a problem, you know, there's a way to solve it, right? Like you give them a free dinner or you give them a percent of money off or, you know, you sure. have these ways of dealing with it. But the llamas would be like, oh my goodness, what a wonderful problem for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you should definitely get down on your knees and pray about this for the next three days before we decide what we're going to do, because this is <laughs> such a good learning for you. So it was a huge shift for me on how to deal with things. And really moving into this realm of, you know, taking everything as practice and using mm. it as a way to grow. And um, I think that was part of moving to Kauai and learning how to be a psychotherapist in the beginning. It was really using everything that happened as practice and finding my kind of guiding star, my dharma or my, you know, um, what I'm really uh, dedicated to in this lifetime is helping other people heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I got a call to go to Kauai. Um, Literally. Is that yeah. A this, per, this, this lady that I had worked with had moved back. She called me and said, Can you know, we name this lady? Oh, we know her this lady? Ayana, Ayana, yeah. um, Rose. And she said, we, ha I have this yurt. I want you to come live with me. And um, I had, just that weekend was at a dance meditation five rhythms retreat and we made tarot cards. Mm. They, she said, bring pictures of things that you love. And I had brought some pictures of my time on Kauai. Now I've just, just been there once for like five days on vacation. This is still my only experience. And I had made these tarot cards. Some of them had Kauai on them. And the person that read me my cards said, this is where you need to go to heal all of your childhood wounds. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's pretty clear. <laughs> so I got back home. Ayanna called me that next day and said, I have a yurt here. You need to, to, you need to move here. And so I put everything in a storage unit and bought a one-way ticket to Kauai. That's sort of how she works. Yeah. Uh, that call. Um, yeah. Let me, I'm just thinking of someone who maybe hasn't been. And those, can you address that in that serendipity would you agree that there were many hours of unseen work to be available for that call yeah years <laughs> I right. think between when I first visited and when I really got the call to move there and I remember in between this time I had finished my graduate degree and my sister and I sat on the ocean in Santa Cruz which is the other side of the ocean from Kauai right like 
right mm-hmm. there. And we, and I said, just help, help me pray for Kauai to bring me there. Like help me, you know, I really, I want to move there. I want to be there, but I just want to send out some prayers for that. And so we had spent all night just like having fun and screaming and yelling about, you know, how awesome it would be. And just asking Kauai if she would let me come. And I don't think that I normally did something like that, but I felt that there was a a need to ask for permission for me to be there. Which is a tenant of the Hawaiian culture, mm-hmm. which is grossly missing, I would say, from East Coast culture. Permission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people here, really, it's just what whatever you want, you just go after. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to stand up for yourself, you just get run over. And it's I think it's very different being... Um, on Kauai. You ha- well, you will just get run over, but it's not about you. <laughs> right, right. It does. I'm not trying to, yeah, it, it, it's a different space, but I think permission yeah. was something that um, is really embedded into their their lifestyle, their their belief structure, how they relate to the land and, and how they relate to each other if allowed to, if in, a, in, a, in an ecosystem where their beliefs can be guiding the principles. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. So you were on Kauai you were, and some people would be like, oh, wow, you were on Kauai, you're living the dream. But and what I'm hearing in the, in the story, you're holding both the light and the dark because you're mm-hmm. in one of the most beautiful places on earth, but you're, you're assisting with those that a lot of people are not um, seeing yeah. and in pain that's really difficult. Yeah. So, so I had went for like, I'm just going to stay and see what happens. There was no, I didn't really need to get a job. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there was this ad in the paper on Craigslist to work at this organization on Kauai called the YWCA. And Ayana had told me like, you're going to work there. And I was like, whatever, I'm not even going to work. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> this is not, that's not what I'm going to do. And um, I had saw this ad and every morning that I woke up, it was literally like my head was screaming at me to apply for this job. And for days I was like, no, I don't even want to work. I'm not even going to do this. And I just, it wouldn't stop bothering me. So I was like, whatever. I applied for the job to get some relief. And then within 10 days of being on island, I was working there for them full time. Within 10 days? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're working, you're doing multiple things with people. And as people are listening to your story, I think also some of your, the pictures that you share of your travel, which we'll keep talking about, what are, how can people find you on social media? Because if you're, if you're not driving and you're listening to this, I would encourage you to hop on to one of um, your social media homes to just mm-hmm. kind of land with who you are. So where can people sure. find you? Um, self-empowerment coach on Instagram. Mm-hmm or psychotherapist.online. Both of those are my Instagrams, so you can hop on there. Um, and Facebook, Christy Garner, Psychotherapist Online. is my page there as well. Okay, great. And we'll talk about a little bit later about the difference, yeah. you know, why you have those two different spaces. Sure. So Kauai had you full, fully um, serving as soon as you got going, and then you stayed and, and What was the evolution of yourself through that process of being there and then choosing not to be there? So I think I worked at the Y for about six years, probably as a crisis counselor at the domestic violence shelter and eventually as a therapist running the sex abuse and sex assault treatment program. And, um, you know, it was a very special time for me to interact and really feel like I was being of service to the island. And I was working a lot with the judiciary system. So the judges in the courthouse, the police officers, the social workers, just really 
really getting embedded into the, into the local systems and mm-hmm. learning how things worked, um, working with a lot of the politicians and the lawyers and spending a lot of time trying to help them kind of up-level um, some systems on Kauai that really needed a lot more, um, I would say, evidence-based practices and learning about how the rest of the world was kind of treating these things. And Kauai, on one hand, is way ahead of everyone because it's an island and everything works in a circle and everyone knows that. So they treat problems more holistically in general, just the way that they are. So one of the only places in the United States that actually treats victims and perpetrators um, in the same system um, because they know that perpetrators don't leave. They just stay on the island and then, you know, there's other people that get hurt. So they try to treat um, the whole, the whole system together. So everyone heals. Um, So really working in that full circle healing um, for about six years. And I was getting pretty tired. I was teaching massage school at nighttime and massaging on the weekends because I'm also a licensed massage therapist um, and working full-time in my office. And I was just feeling like this is, I need, I need, I've gotten so much love from Kauai and so much time to really sink into being in the elements there, get really kind of filled up from being able to be outside all the time, spending a lot of time in nature. I'm just feeling really nourished and full. And I wanted to take that out into the world. Um, but just as getting there was a couple years to, to ask for permission. I, I had to ask for permission to leave for a couple of years. <laughs> and I feel like some of that time was excruciating. Um, and I love telling the story of, I would be so like upset and ready to leave Kauai, just like, oh, I just got to get out of here. And people would be like, you live in the most beautiful place on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And, you know, I think it happens to all of us, even something that someone else really looks at from the outside and says, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you'd want to give that up. We all know inside of us when it's the time for us to make a shift. Oh, 100%. And people don't understand it. When I came back to Philadelphia, people were like, why are you here? And I would say, don't you live here? <laughs> it, it ended the conversation. But it, there's, you know, if you treat Kauai as um, a lot of people, you know, and there's a couple places. Well, there's a lot of places. But when you, in, there's not, when you live in a city, it sometimes sounds odd to hear people talk about the environment as a sentient being and a force in your life. Mm-hmm. But when you live in that environment, it permanently alters you. And I would argue that's humans have been living that way longer than they haven't Mm -hmm. and there's a things in the east coast culture there's a lot of decisions made from the mind and I think when you live in nature it's not only made from the mind we'll say it that way so Mm -hmm. I I totally hear what you're saying that Kauai has a lot but there's you know there is another world Kauai is very insular in some ways Mm -hmm. Um, and if you feel called to serve that's what you you need to step off the island for a little bit Mm -hmm. um What do you think working, and then we can move on, what do you think working with the domestic violence community, I'll say, in Kauai, gifted you? Wow. I think working in any place where you are 
when you, I felt really responsible for myself and I felt really tied into everything that was happening there. And I felt a real, um, like the, the, the doing the work, it wasn't, it wasn't about like my ego really or about like what I was doing. It was more about like every day, just pouring it out to try to give some kind of support, um, to someone in need. And I feel like being on Kauai, a lot of uh, people come and, um, take from that area that or the land or you know go on vacation and get massages and look at things that are beautiful and sometimes there's not a lot of giving back so I feel like I really was able to um, complete a circle that way take a lot but also give a lot back and that felt really good I can understand that it's beautifully said too so you when were you released you were aiming to leave and yeah. what, ha- what ha- yeah. take us back into your, into your sojourn. <laughs> I like to say, I told, like I told everyone that I was going to be leaving and traveling the world as a therapist. And a lot of people, especially in my organization that are kind of older psychotherapists would be like, that job doesn't exist. And I was like, well, it does. <laughs> and I'm going to find it. And that's what I'll be doing. And so I just started kind of packing things up. I started selling stuff. I start, you know, I told my boss, like, I'll be leaving. Um, and I started just talking to everyone that I knew um, and saying what I wanted to do. And, you know, eventually talked to someone who had a cousin who knew someone that did something like this and got connected up. And I that's a really powerful takeaway for anyone listening. You know, you just, you made a decision and you just started, what I heard you say, you just started making the small, you know, some people might say, well, I don't know where I'm going, so I'm not going to do anything. But you started packing up. You started saying, I'm not shipping this off island, right? Mm -hmm. That's a powerful, we can all do that. If you want to move, you start packing up that closet of all the old wrapping paper you're never going to use or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talking to everyone. That's awesome. That's right. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of me was in the past been scared to just kind of come out with whatever it was, because sometimes it feels like, what if I fail? Then everyone will know that I failed. But I was so at the edge of like, I have got to change something that I knew that maybe trying a different way, which was kind of being more vulnerable and opening up and saying, this is really what I want to do. Um, do you, do you know anyone? Um, that does this or do you have any ideas for me? And so many ideas and, you know, people just really showing up to um, sort of support me in that, that I couldn't have imagined. Beautiful. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And so I think it took about maybe six months for me to find something and um, started working for the Department of Defense and they moved me to Oahu, which wasn't far enough away, but I was like, okay. Oahu is a great start. <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you on Oahu? And for you guys that don't know, Oahu is a 45-minute flight from Kauai. Right. So it's like right. super clo- the closest thing. It's, it's literally like driving. I mean, on, if you're listening in the East Coast, it's like closer than driving to the shore. Um, yeah. It is such a – but it's another world. You yeah. know, people on – if you're not in, related to the islands, like people go to on Oahu go to Kauai for vacation and people in Kauai go for, to Oahu for shopping. Yeah. So it's um, – that's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So got to spend some time on Oahu, which I – really enjoyed and loved and 
um, then kind of just the world traveling started after that. And um, they would just call me and say, hey, they called me one time. I had been on Kauai a couple of weeks waiting to see. And they said, can you go to Alaska on Monday? And I was like, well, I don't have any clothes for Alaska because I've been living on Kauai now for seven years, but sure, <laughs> I guess I'll find some when I get there. Um, so I just started moving and going all different places from there. And it was a short turnaround time of where you were going to be placed. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah. A few days. Sometimes they would give me a few days, three and days, what was it? five days. Wow. Yeah. So you, you asked for it and that's the other thing, right? Like when you manifest something or you create something or you work towards a change, it can have a whole different other scale of balance. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with what you're able to speak about, how was it working? How was, how was it what you expected and how was it not what you expected? Um, uh, one of the things that I noticed about traveling a lot and moving through the world post Kauai was um, when you're traveling a lot and moving around and going to different cultures and eventually I moved to lots of different countries and people spoke different languages than I did. It can be lonely, you know, which I don't think I was expecting to be lonely after being on an island where you pretty much can't do anything, even go to the grocery store without seeing someone you know. Um, It was different traveling around. And I think that was, it was freeing also. I loved it because then I wasn't responsible to anyone. Like I didn't have any parties to go to or birthday parties or family parties or, you know, I didn't have to show up for anyone except for myself for a really long time. Um, I could just get on a train or drive my car wherever I wanted to go anytime, which Mm -hmm. was also exciting after living on an island. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, Food, eating, as you know, changed a lot. Koi is so abundant and you have everything really fresh and available. So that was much more difficult than I anticipated. And uh, taking care of myself, I think uh, on Kauai, it's so wet and there's an abundance of everything that you need all the time. And it's always really well made and traveling around where the air gets drier and your skin needs things. And, you know, it was just hard finding Um, all the things I needed to take care of myself. And I felt like I really had to catch up Um, moving around so much. I wasn't ready for all the different changes. Mm -hmm. And how did you stay working with trauma as you were traveling? Yeah, I I worked so with the military families and kids and families and adults um, and just really getting to drop in, which was really exciting for me because I maybe had some preconceptions about what military people were like. And um, after three years now working all over the world with different military families and adults, I've just really come to respect deeply um, people that are in that profession. Um, And I think I had some kind of liberal ideas and living on Kauai I don't even think I read a newspaper for like four years I don't even think I read a story (laughs) Mm -hmm. about what was happening in the world and so I really got more in touch with you know what's going on in the world what does it mean a lot more about politics and international relations um, and really got more deep into what was going on um, over in Europe because I spent a lot of time there with the refugee crisis and you know one of the things that I talk about sometimes is when you're traveling in other countries right now, there's 
people with guns everywhere. They're, you know, they're protecting um, all the places where there have been a lot of the bombings that are going on. So there's like guards walking around with huge guns in all these other countries all the time, which we don't see that much in the United States. So it had been, sh- it was a little shocking to me to come off of Kauai and wake up in this this European world where there's bombings going on all the time and um, this kind of brutal force that I wasn't tapped into when I had been on Kauai. And how, since you can continue to give us a perspective that maybe a lot of us won't have access to, how did your, how did that, because I'm hearing in your voice, when you said you, you um, cultivated a deep respect for military families, what, what is that like for you? Like, what would you share with people that maybe would be talking to yourself of 10 years ago? You know what I mean? Like, um, because we all have different lives and perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, one of the things that I have really looked back on is um, post 9-11, which was about when I was in college um, until now, you know, we've been in this war um, with the Middle East pretty much. And the people that have joined the military over the lifetimes of military, um, there was a certain kind of person that joined post post 9-11, right, that wanted to get the bad guys um, or whatever that was about. And you think about the people now that are joining, it's really, in my personal perspective, people that are joining young kids to get out of, you know, some kind of situation at home, kids that need support going to college, um, kids that are coming out of families um, that have a lot of kind of dysfunction and they need some place to kind of fall into. So I think that was one thing, me noticing that it wasn't really made up of um, white Republican men that wanted to kill people in other countries. That's not really what the military is. Um, It's a lot of, it's super diverse. Um, It's one of the most diverse organizations that we have in the United States. And they have a lot of um, support and mentorship is like really one of their guiding principles, which I think is really beautiful. I never thought about that before. Me either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they have like continuous challenging and learning perspectives. Like you can't move up or stay in too long unless you've learn this thing and taken these tests and proven that you can, that you keep having a bigger perspective of what it means to um, insert democracy and diplomacy into foreign countries. And I was like, wow, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really appreciating that perspective. (laughs) Yeah. And okay. So I'm just wanting, because you have so much to share with us. I'm wanting to make sure. So you're traveling, you're, um, I don't need to recap. We're Mm -hmm. listening you are going to tell us about how you're pivoting to becoming online and a woman's Mm -hmm. self empowerment Mm -hmm. coach, but what are you seeing about the story of women internationally as you're traveling? Mm -hmm. So I've, I was, I'm working in this, um, working with the military and there's there, I was so, lucky. I got to meet a lot of women, a lot of single women, mostly Um, therapists. A lot of therapists are women and there's a lot of older women therapists in general. Um, And so I got to meet all of these women that kind of help guide me or ask me questions or provide reflections about um, life in general. And at the time I was single, I, on one of the things I say, I went through a hundred tender dates. So I was like dating all over the world. I was dating. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes. So funny. Um, 
And uh, I met a lot of older women who were like, oh my gosh, you know, you have to move back to the United States and meet someone and have a baby. Like, what are you even doing out here traveling the world right now? Um, I met lots of women who were like, you know, I did all of that and here I am doing exactly what you're doing. I never would have expected to be here. Um, you know, I married someone and it didn't work out and that's never how I thought my life would go, but here I am. So it was just such a diverse range of people's experiences and women that I met from the United States. Um, and I also have a big circle um, called Awakening Women, and I travel um, to different places like India, and I have a lot of sisters in Germany um, that I do a lot of mindfulness practices with and stuff. So I got to see a lot of women overseas that I had been practicing spiritually with for a number of years. And so it was really wonderful to get to go to where they lived and ask them about what they felt about how things were going in whatever country they were in or, you know, how women are changing and mobilizing and wanting to practice um, kind of healing in different places. And I got to see this circle of women throughout the world that are really, you know, starting to change the way that they show up so that they can shift the perspective and the paradigm. Wow. So from, from there, did you start, when you were traveling, did you know that you wanted to start to offer something? Because I'm, what I'm guessing is that what you're offering now is kind of a culmination and probably even preceding your time on Kauai, like, you know, from college and moving forward. And what are you offering now to, to women? What mm -hmm. are you offering online? Tell us a little bit about those two different spaces. Um, and, and again, if you're interested, just We'll talk more at the end, but just if you're listening right now, you can, you are accepting clients mm -hmm. remotely, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So someone could look up on Instagram, tell us the two spaces and, and why there's sure. two spaces and sure. give us a little feedback. Sure. Um, there's self-empowerment coach on Instagram where I'm doing a lot of the kind of mind, mindset and mindfulness coaching, um, helping women kind of up level and using the skills of finding space to hear ourselves and then um, kind of more cognitive skills to look into our fears, look at the things that are holding us back and kind of up level our mindset. And then, what do you mean up level? Sure, up like, level. Is that someone that has to be a professional or is that any, like, oh, is anyone. that sometimes that term? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, I like to say like, maybe it's that you want to be a better mom or a better friend or a better partner. Maybe you want to do better at your business, or maybe you just want to show up at your job and find more joy in your life, really. And I think that um, the other the other space I work at is Psychotherapist Online, psychotherapist.online on Instagram or psychotherapistonline.com. And I do psychotherapy for residents of Hawaii, Virginia, and Colorado. And I see women and couples um, who want to dig a little deeper and do some therapy. And so there's two differences between therapy and coaching. And really what I found through working 10 years as a trauma-based psychotherapist is, you know, there's some really basic skills that we all could use, no matter who we are, what we've been through, um, to find what we most know or want or need or desire inside ourselves. And I feel like a lot of people, since I've been on the East Coast particularly, it moves so fast and a lot of people need help slowing down to find that part inside of themselves. 
So I think that's the first level of healing is finding who we are and what we want, desire, need for ourselves. And that can take a little time. Um, and I think people that are in that space, sometimes um, there's so many ways to do that, right? We just did that together last weekend by doing a little writing with you, which was amazing. And that we took the time to tune in and um, find out some things about ourselves. So I think writing, yoga, mindfulness, therapy, there's a lot of ways to dig in there. Um, and then the, the, what I found the next level of healing trauma is really getting into the mind. So anxiety and depression, things that keep us away from ourselves, things that keep us from sleeping at night, things that keep us feeling like crap, um, our nervous thoughts, uh, thought spiraling, um, those, that's kind of the next level, I think, of being able to up-level your life is really getting into figuring out what's going on in your mind and how do you kind of steer that ship in a way that helps you instead of hurts you. And I think that some of us coming from a background of trauma, especially, have some outdated fears and habitual responses that are causing us a lot of pain, and we might not even know it. So that's really what the groups that I'm offering now are getting some mindfulness practices and then really learning about mindset and how to figure out what's going on inside your head and then how to change it. I think that's a really helpful and accessible definition because in my, one of the reasons I'm really grateful that you're on um, and sharing your wisdom with us is because in having the balance of presence and practicality is rare and really beneficial. And um, a lot of people can hear mindfulness and because it's being saturated, it becomes um, hard it becomes an unreachable, it's like a carrot. It becomes an adjective that's thrown onto a hashtag and somebody's really hurting and they don't know which door to walk through. And I feel like you, um, your definition, if someone's listening, it's like someone could book like maybe like a, just a chat with you to see if, mm -hmm. if you're a good fit, right? Yeah. Or you're also offering something, if you're like, I'm not sure if I want um, therapy, you're also offering circles mm -hmm. with the coaching. Can you tell us more about mm -hmm. that? women's circles. So a little uh, rotating group and we meet five weeks and do five sessions. And then you have a check-in group in between. So you can check in with all your women cohorts and uh, we do a little live Q and A to see where you're stuck. So in that five weeks, you have a lot of support to really learn the practices and, and um, find good support and inspiration from other women as well as me on things that are keeping you stuck. So those coaching groups are really for women that are ready to commit to doing more daily practices and find some connection to keep that going in their lives. I think accountability and containers mm -hmm. can do wonderful yeah. things. And, and it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. That's the other right. thing. Going into a circle doesn't mean you're not doing something correct. If you listen to a lot of people, they've invested in a moment in time where they knew they needed the feedback in the container of other of others, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think, um, and you offer them, how often do you offer those? They're rolling. So we start one in March and then mm -hmm. we'll start one again um, starting in the summertime. So once Perfect. a season, yeah, once a season, yeah, that's really amazing. And um, you're you're based in Virginia now, mm -hmm. but you that is changing. Yeah, I'll be in Colorado soon, in a couple of months, 
and I'm excited about that. And I've been traveling back and forth to Kauai, and I hope to keep doing some of that as well. So traveling so psychotherapist. That, I mean, it's, it's needed. And I, I wonder if the travel doesn't help keep that like broader perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going down to North Carolina to Asheville in a couple of weeks and I'm excited just to tap into what women are doing down there circle mm-hmm. up with a bunch of women there. Um, and you know, I think that's what keeps it, this going. The flame definitely um, is seeing women all over the world that are doing this. So, you know, I think you can come to me for one-on-one therapy, but I always like to tell people, you know, then there's a way that we heal in community that we cannot heal one-on-one. You know, it's just a piece of, um, it's just a piece of the work you have to do. And so me being able to travel around to different communities is super healing for me too, I think. I would have to, as someone who traveled, I mean, we're, I'm not traveling as much right now, but I think there's something really um, nourishing about being in different places and finding the commonality in them, mm-hmm. you know, not making them the same, but realizing that, that human, that humans need community. I mean, technology is fantastic, but if it doesn't keep it, if it doesn't use us as a connection tool, mm-hmm. it can be terribly isolating. And I think that having access to you wherever, you know, someone being able to work with you from wherever they are is, is a beautiful gift and a gorgeous use of technology. Mm-hmm. So tell us as we're, we're wrapping up, if there, and if anything is coming to you that we didn't touch on or anything that you would like to share with us that we would want to know about you or what you have mm-hmm. maybe upcoming in your life or another travel you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or... Mm-hmm. I pulled some cards this morning when we were about to start from my tarot deck here mm-hmm. and the two things um, that came up about talking today one of them um what was it the ace of sword or eight of swords so something about are you trapped like feeling trapped and then realizing that um it's got a butterfly hanging on a sword kind of wrapped up and noticing that all the butterfly has to do is kind of let go and open its wings to get away from everything that they're feeling trapped by. So there was something about, you know, are you keeping yourself stuck or not, which I thought was beautiful kind of about my story. I felt like a little bit of it was myself keeping myself stuck. Mm -hmm. And the second card was uh, the two of pentacles, which was about um, making a change and letting it be fun instead of scary. Um, And I just thought that was also kind of a, a potent thing to remember that changes can be really scary. And when we think about it as something fun or interesting, or we let our curiosity be first, that sometimes that makes it a little bit more fun than scary. That's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for making the time and sharing your, your wisdom with us. And, and I, I look forward to hearing more of your story. I think there, I think all of us were, curious about the twists and the turns and the um the cups of tea that we could have listening to the corridors that you've journeyed down oh, thank really you so gorgeous. much thanks for having me today kate it's been awesome you're welcome have a great day you too bye bye too bye bye too bye bye too bye bye too bye bye